You're listening to Oh Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi, Chris Gore, and Tana Manu. Another episode. Here I am with uh, Tana Manu, and we're driving from San Jose to Los Angeles. Yes. Hello, uh, hello. South on the I-5. So we're driving once again, and Tana, I was going to ask you another porn question about you know you perform in front of the camera, but something uncomfortable happened about an hour ago. Yes. Um, do you want to talk to people in detail what happened? Um. Well, the place I was staying, I just got a call. You know what? We've been up doing comedy for about three days up north. And on our way back home, I just got a call from the person I've been staying with that um, I can't have all my stuff back unless I give them 500 bucks, that kind of thing. So we'll see what's going to happen from that. Listen, this is a drugged up world in Los Angeles. And you, you can't like listen to any first thing anybody says. That's like for Kansas and Chicago. In LA, the first thing they say usually, um, you know, isn't the right thing they want to say because everybody's Larry David. And so you have to cuss and yell. And then a day later, then you're going to get the real story. So I don't know what the real story is with this person, but but I just got the uh, get my stuff out of there and I want 500 bucks. So I'm actually thinking what I have there is only worth about $84. <laughs> is it really? No, I mean, no. No, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say, but I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be what it is, but it's just like that. You know, somebody says, somebody calls and goes, Yoshi, uh, fuck you, get your stuff out of here today. And it's like an hour later, that's not what they meant. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. It's very so strange I, because I, I stayed at your friend's place. Yes. I don't want to say her name. She was very friendly. Yeah. And we left three days ago or whatnot. And whatever it was, we left. And next thing you know it. It never happened. You don't know what what people go through. You know. It's really, really uncomfortable. Something happened that three days we were Something, going. yes. Yeah. yeah, something happened to them. But things happen to people. And they... Uh, they don't know how to react or respond. You know, what is the stat? 60-something percent of all 30-year-old and up college-educated Caucasian people are on some sort of mood enhancer. Sure. And that's that's massive. So, basically, half of all the white people you meet are going to be fucking nuts. So, that's what you got to get used to. Then you concentrate them in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it gets even worse. So, I give almost all this stuff up to drugs. And whatever people have been taking or whatever they stopped taking. Because these behaviors are not even human. Is it coming in good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, we're driving south on, uh, on I-5. And we're talking about porn. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about it, but 
I hate when stuff like that happens, you know. Where These are power plays, you know. People people feel desperate and they feel weak and they need positions of authority. You know, yelling is a way to be in a position of power or authority. Um, threatening somebody, throw, being physically violent. All, all these things are just versions of, of weakness that show up in these ways, I think, you know, and most people, you know, they, they're, they're scared of their lives or they don't know what's coming next. And so, and you're in that spot, even if you have to go get those equipment, even if you had the money, yeah, you just can't do it. I mean, you, I, I, I wouldn't, even if it hurt me, I just wouldn't even pay that person because yeah, it's, 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 I got to send a message like you can't treat me like that, you know? Yeah, it's the threat. It's the like I'll hold your stuff until you pay. It's like silly. It's like as if as if there's any legal recourse. I mean, I'll just show up with the cops and get my stuff and go. I mean, this is you know what I mean. It's yeah. silly, but it means people are hurting. People are desperate. People are weak. People are sad. And so, when you're a stud, when you're a fucking beast, you have to understand this about people. People are weak. They can't do things for themselves. And most people to me are like autistic grandchildren. So, or like retarded grandchildren. And if we would think of each other on the planet as our own retarded grandchildren, you know, everyone's a retarded grandkid. So when someone cuts me off, how upset could you be at your own retarded grandchild for doing something? You should never be upset unless you're an asshole. So I just go, oh, okay, go ahead, change the lane. Oh, you're next. Okay, turn your blinker on. Because I didn't know what you guys were talking about. But the way you were talking it, I could kind of tell something bad was being said to you. But you're, yeah. you're calm. You didn't go like, oh, yeah, you fucking bitch. Let me tell you. You know, you didn't do none of that. No, I just said, okay. Thank you. That was <laughs> fine. I mean, again, I have strength. This is the example of power. Calmness, happiness is where the real human stud lives. Everybody else is weaker. Everybody else is fucking under my claws. And that's uh, that's what I really do think about everybody. Like, they're crybabies. They can't handle life. So people doing stuff like this, it's, it's like common for me. Honking in traffic, impatience, stress. It's, uh, th these things are like available to certain lifestyles, and but they're not available to mine. Someday when I have more education and I have more money, I will be in a better place to stress. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Right now, I'm too poor to stress. I'm my, I, I'm too poor to stress. I, I have enough money to only be happy about being alive. That's how much money I have. If I get more money, then I then oh, where okay, now I have holdings. Now I have responsibilities. Now I have real estate. Now I have employees to pay. All of a sudden, if I get more and more money. Then I will let myself stress, be stressed, when my bank account's full. But, and then normally, to me, those are the people that usually are the most stressy, are the ones that have a lot of options. They're, it's almost like the options stress them out. Um, and that's true about Choice, The Paradox of Choice by Daniel Goldman, that maybe this is what all this is, like being poor, yeah. Not having many options. You know what I mean, Yosh? You're on the um, 
like low money world right now like got to pick up gigs got to keep going like couch to couch traveling around it's not like you're pushing to make a million dollars either I'm just I'm just really hustling and surviving yeah you're just hustling surviving and doing your thing and so when you're down at this level like us you really better have a smile on your face it's the only way you're going to get into doors it's the only yeah, way I mean, you're going to be if you're a cool people, people don't want to see a sour face or even if they mean it, they say, how are you doing? They really don't want to hear your problems. So I don't want to yeah. bring my problems. I want, to bring, I want to bring an amusing or interesting story or something like that. But Because I, I don't have enough money to bring people problems. Yeah. I'll be happy. Maybe if I had enough money, I would just say you're an asshole and, and, that, you know, and I know that you need my money. Sure. And then I can treat you. But right now... Um, you don't have that option. I don't have that option. And so when people do stuff like this... Get your stuff. Give me money and take your things. They're showcasing like how they're not in trouble. If they were in trouble, it would be kindness. It would be listen. Um, I really need your help. I could I could use this money now, like that. That's that you're in trouble when yeah. you're nice. But when you're like f you, take your shit. You're not in trouble. That that's so to me. That's how my jungle knowledge. I always know somebody's not in trouble when they're mean. Once you're nice, now you're in trouble. Otherwise, you're just trying to get more money, I think, sure. or something like that. Well, at least we figure out what we're going to do tonight and tomorrow. And uh, we have friends. We'll, we'll figure out. But yes. It, it just, all I remember was when, when we left, she was in good It was good fine. Yeah. Everything happened. was fine. It seemed like they were friends and we were smiles and thank yous. But it's... But you know, like you said, it's a, it's just a mystery what happens in people's lives. Um, I'm sure she'll contact and probably eventually let you know what happened. But all right. Yeah. So I think this is the third one we're doing while we're traveling. Yes. And I think last one we talk about a little bit of porn and things like that. But let's talk a little bit about when you made a transition, performing in front of the camera, doing adult movies. So how how did that start? Is it is it because one of our mutual friend Joe Galan, the director, brought Well, I met, I met Joe. Um, well, first of all, even before meeting Joe, were you planning to do it? No, not really. Okay. Never really thought about it. it was a, it was very. Um, but you done like amateur stuff at home, or organic and stuff. Um, well, who didn't? I, I mean, everyone like. What do you mean? No, no, nothing for no, no, nothing for sale. Are you no, saying no, like? No, but, but you, you have you ever taped your having sex with someone like one on one with yourself? Yeah. I, I think everyone has, haven't they? Would have to take a survey. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah. Goofing around with your girlfriend yeah, yeah. and yourself. Yes. Yeah. There's. I think there's there's that. What. Uh. But. Being in front of people. Yeah. Um. Having like the everything had the paperwork handled all of the logistics for the scene was what I was interested in. After a while, knowing so many people, making friends, selling the stuff, going to the conventions, there began to, you know, swell in me a sense of almost duty and solidarity to this industry and to these people that I've met that I felt like it was, you know, enough secret parties, enough, you know, hotel rooms, enough of this access without truly exposing myself like they were exposing themselves. You know, here it is. 
these guys in porn that I'm friends with and these women in porn that I'm friends with and yet I'm not in porn. And I started to feel a little fake and but then at the same time I'm not some like dick slinger Mr. you know uh, go to a mansion with some girl in high heels and then we'll fuck on a a white leather couch. I'm also not that guy. So I was stuck. I felt a certain solidarity to the industry. Sure. But yet I didn't like the the plastic, the, the cookie cutter turnout stuff. And this is a, this is a early 2000s. And so the stuff was in, DVD was in full swing. And it was just about getting out gonzo stuff. So it was a lot of knocking on the door. And the hot chick walks in and the scene starts at the pool and then knock on the door hot chicks why the scene starts up on the balcony scene starts on the couch and it was very sort of antiseptic in a way and I met Joe Gallant at an evil angel bowling party in Vegas for all the staff you could tell that story that part but was this in 99 or 2000 Uh, right in there Okay. 2001, possibly? Is that possible? So we went to the convention at least two times, right? Together, separate, together. Yeah. Okay. So th- so if you guys don't know who Joe Galland is, he is uh, adult director from New York City. What made Producer, unusual, yes. What made it so unusual, he was filming stuff in New York City when there was no little or no business in New York City anymore for porno. And he was also doing, I guess, what we consider not the conventional porn like he would he, he's I think he was one of the first guys to do milk enema right he was out there you know he um, was a true connoisseur and Joe came up through the you know the hard streets of New York and was like a music guy um, and then got in and then had a love for the, the, the sort of the theater the opera of porn the kind of circus of the human body and when we met (coughs) at this bowling party the way he was talking his energy I could see we both sort of gravitated to each other about okay this could be fun this is like you know and he started telling me these stories and these titles and I'm laughing and he's like but I don't have anyone to do them with me I don't you know he couldn't afford uh, these big name guys and also didn't want you know he wanted like people so sure. I thought this is a guy I can deal with. This is someone that I could experience this journey of making porn with Joe, with through this like real life, you know, uh, artist. And because his stuff is, you know, I guess it's out there. You know, it's, it's like we, he had us. He had us fill these girls' uh, butts with milk with. Uh, these like water bag, you know, hot water bottles filled mm-hmm. with milk. We filled them up. What was this company called? Black Mirror? Black Mirror, yeah. yeah. And so we stood back and then these girls would shoot the milk out of their butts onto us, the two male actors. And what happens in the human body being 98 degrees, the milk, if it stays in too long, begins to cook. It'll start to curdle. So you gotta like get it in there and it's kind of cool, and then they gotta shit it out. If they sit in there too long, it when they shit it out, it comes out all chunky. Ugh. So, you know, I made porn, motherfuckers. 
okay? <laughs> like, this was, this was not a, you know, cry baby, this was not a juvenile's journey through porn. This, this was not some sort of New York Post journalist hung out, you know, with a porno star for three days. Right. This is like the real, this is bits of shit and curdled milk landing on your chest. And that actually is the level I wanted to be on. All the way. Where there would be no question Mm -hmm. that I didn't just meet some super hot, sexy chick anyways. She would have been normally hot in any club. And then I got to have sex with her one-on-one. Do you remember the girl's name? In a normal way. Uh, There was Angel Baby... Uh, there was the one that went like a little... She had some issues, I think, again. It's the brain drug world. Uh, she... Her name was... Uh, Erica? Erica. Lane? Or... Uh, er, it was Erica. Erica something. There was... Erica Cole or something like that? Yes. There was... Uh, Darian. There was another girl from, like, Germany... And it was a little sort of theater troupe of adult actors. And yeah. it really was an old school, you know, Cirque du Soleil of porn. We traveled to San Francisco. We shot in the streets of San Francisco. We shot in on top of buildings in Manhattan. It was, it was a real life adventure um, with, you know, making porn. And that's... So... To be able to go through that, you get to see how it works, how the testing works. Meeting the girl, getting her ID, getting copies of her information, chatting for a little bit, getting a feel, is this going to be an okay scene or is this going to be hard? Letting the director tell you what his ideas are. To go through all that is just really, I, I can't imagine what other, like, thing could could put you through that you had to go through it and then it has to say action and then off comes your pants and there's a bunch of people standing around and then she's blowing you and then you have to sit there and pump her and have sex with her while you don't even know her and people are watching and you're getting you're getting cues and so to know what that's like is like war. Either well, you went to it or you didn't. Sure. Let me let me ask you this. So when you when you when you did your first scene, were you were you nervous or what was going through your head? I mean Yeah, I just was thinking this, this was in New York, right? New York The okay. first scene was in New York. Which girl was it? Do you remember? I believe. Was it or um, Wait a minute. It might have been San Francisco. Oh, really? Was a girl named Darian. What did she look like? Blonde. Um, she had implants, but like nice, nice body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, face. And older. Not like, you know... Some yeah, I probably early thirties. Okay, the, but these are the people that Joe would use. Um, 
because quite often when you see a, ton, a lot of this new boy girl stuff, usually the girls are in their teens, like 18, 19. Yes. Super young, early 20s, right? That's yeah. a new trend. Well, I guess it's been trend for a long time. But no, she was like a, you know, regular woman and fun. So, so, for, for, so, you know, I would say 99% of the people who listen to this show never been in front of the camera. And they don't know. I don't, you know, they don't know. So you walk yeah. in. When you were talking to Joe about doing this thing, did he tell you which girl you'll be working? Or do you didn't care? Like you just No. Showed? Yeah, I was just going to be a soldier. So you, you, know? just, you just show up. You didn't even, you didn't even no. give a shit. Okay. I, I didn't know what I'd be asked to do. I didn't know what he wanted me to do. I was just going to make some porn. Interesting. And so... I, I think I would ask too many questions. Like, which girl is it? You know, no, yeah, so what, he, what he, I'm doing. he gave me some names, and so then I thought, okay, I'll, I remember those names, and then when I met them, I go, oh, I'm, I'm going to be having a scene with you, I'm going to have a scene with you. So what, what's that like? It's really weird, like... Yes, to, to think that I'm, like... Hey, only, I don't even know, I don't really know you, but I'm going to be fucking you in y- yeah, an hour. Yeah, yes, and it's an experience that's, it's different from a nightclub, a uh, lot of one-night stands, you know, people, people have stories where... They met each other at the bar and ran to the bathroom and sure. started fucking and, and they just met each other for minutes or whatever. There's there's wild, crazy, quick sex between strangers all over the place. But what's different about this one is we are both working. Working. We're both being hired. Getting um, paid. And getting paid to do this. And so And that's the technicality, isn't it? Because if you pay a girl sex with her that's prostitution but since you guys are not paying each other yeah third party is paying and, and you have a testing and paperwork in front of the camera it's yes. illegal that's the only difference and i believe i couldn't find any precedence i'm sure yoshi you might help me with this has any girl ever come out of a contracted scene with a man and knows that in that scene she got pregnant and now has gone to court wanting to sue that other actor who was only there under contract yeah. to pay for her baby. I don't I don't know any particular case. I don't know how that worked. Well, I couldn't find it either, and I realized with all the child support issue stuff that this is also the only place my free America gives a man a chance to take out his dick without penalty. Mm-hmm. In pornography is the only place for a free American man to have sex. And if a baby is created, he won't be held accountable. Yeah. Because both parties signed on to it and here's the contract. And that is pretty ugly that that's all the government gives us is if you want to be safe from a broken condom from a pill not working for some accident and you make a baby as we drive by the choose life sign um but isn't it the, same it's the thing? only way I, I don't know what's the law but it just seems like in normal circumstance you get any girl pregnant you're liable for it but not in porn porn or if you get a hooker pregnant I haven't heard any prostitute because she, you already if you're a prostitute you're already doing something illegal but I think there are there might be cases of prostitutes suing the John because you steal the father you steal the father you still made a baby regardless yes she's a whore she broke the law but the baby didn't 
That that's always what the core things. And to me, well, let me ask you this: Has there been a case? I, I mean, I don't want to keep talking about this. Because yeah, we'll move back into porn. Well, in the next episode, we'll talk about this. I know you feel strongly, but I don't know a case where a girl got raped and civil suit against the father for not taking care of the kid. I don't. Has that ever happened? I don't know, but that would be interesting. I think so. I I would think so. That, like, let's say a man gets a a few years prison sentence. Sure. He gets out of prison. He does have a child. You know, Mm -hmm. um, she chose not to have the abortion. Now, people say, oh, that's not a choice a woman can make. You know, she, she couldn't have gone through with it fine. So she had the baby. Yeah. I think there is actually cases like that where there where the rapist, the convicted rapist father, wants custody or wants to be able to visit the child. Sure. And I think that yes, he should be able to visit his child. It's his child. His crime is against an adult. It's not against a child. So why would it why would a rapist father not be able to see his kid? Very interesting discussion. <laughs> So next one we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll go on to that one. We'll next. talk about so, child support and you know rape babies or whatever. <laughs> or rape babies. Um, and so yeah, so you you meet the girl. She's a stranger. You high. Um, you can tell that there's a hope. The girl's hoping that the guy looks okay. The guy's but, hoping but, that the girl but, looks but, okay. But that, that that makes me. Uh, not, I don't know. Laugh is the right word, but I've been to enough of those shoots, like you know, like Sylvia saying. A girl like that. Yes, gorgeous. Gorgeous, big star from the late '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, uh, from Czech Re- Czech Republic. Yeah, I remember there's scenes where a guy and they're fucking her, maybe even come on her face, and afterward when they, you know, caught and it's behind the scene footage, she says, she said to the guy, "Thank you, you know, that's a job, you know, get paid or whatever." But you know, <laughs> that's most, most people, most circumstances, women are not gonna. I think a guy after coming on her face. Basically, she said, like, as soon as you come, her job is done. You know, work yes, is done. She's exactly. Paid, you know, so. And it's also you're helping each other out. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, that's what you're also hoping for is that the the person you're going to work with is going to be a sexual athlete with you. Is going to sure. attempt to give each other, you know, the right interplay to make the scene good because a lazy girl can can ruin a guy's performance sure. vice versa and so there was in it's, it's like a uh, Wimbledon right because if we were in July you want to watch a great match you need a two great players going at it right? yes yes and you could usually tell I mean I guess I could you you and I could tell when we we're watching like wow she's really not into it uh, she's not I can it's so easy after a while and a guy you can look sometimes you look at a guy he's not even he's there but he's not there there exactly and it's all autopilot you know and that's why the good guys became had fans um, the women and men both had fans because you could see who like it was about realism so people people felt that Rocco Sifredi was real and passionate they thought TT boy was real and he had to have it because, you know because they they were around long enough before Viagra yeah and they were hard because they were really into the girl yes but it's not very ero- it's not very um, erotic when you see a guy constantly hot hard yeah because he's on medication he's not hard for sake of a hard being a hard he's turned on by the girl no he's he's a hard because on the medication exactly and so this is right before all that you know there at this time early 2000s of course there was 
some Viagra coming in, guys were starting to give themselves permission. Because early on with the pills, there's a lot of old school guys that said, I don't need the pill. You know, they, they took a lot of pride in, in being able to be one of the few, like, sort of studs that could make porn. And after a while, everyone started taking the pills. And now, probably 2005, 6, 7, right in there, it's, it just became a pill world. It just, that's all that happens now. You'll go to shoots, there's a bowl of Viagras on the table, for instance. Like, everyone take one. Like, they don't want any chance that the scene's not going to be good. Right. But what's happened is it takes away the realism and the passion that a lot of guys are watching porn for. They really are watching porn to see a guy and a girl what really want to fuck each other. Sure. Um, there's, not, there's not many fetishes where the man is laying on his back still and frozen with an erection and some girl bounces up on down of him like a mannequin and he never moves. I'm sure there's that fetish, but it would have a very, very tiny audience. So, the, anyway, when you meet the two people, the performance is you hope you're gonna do a good show together. And if she's really bringing it and being nasty and making sounds, it's getting you going and you wanna perform harder and make her ass jiggle like it should and make her hair fly around. You know, in a stand-up or any performance, you have a stage fight. And, uh... Yeah. Were you nervous at all before, uh... Of course. You you think, like, am I gonna keep it up? It's like, people are staring at me. How many people in the room? Do you remember? It varied with each shoot. But the first From one... two or three people, um... Even if it's just the other actor or actress sitting on the corner waiting for their turn or something. You know, there's just somebody around. Maybe somebody helping the cameraman, handing him tapes or the, handing him the batteries. First, the first one that you did, it, it's with this girl. It's you, her, and, and Joe Gallant. That's it? Do you remember? That very first one, yes. Yes, it he was, was just, by himself. Okay. It was just us three. And so, yeah, maybe that made it easier. That, But I expected, you know, I fully expected people, lights. I, I was already ready to, that what it was going to be. So, it was just us, and we started in one room. We carried her around talked and stuff went came to the next room and then that's where the bed was and then Joe is the type of director where you just kind of do your thing and he'll find the shot sure he also had a very unique eye for his style of porn and you would be having sex and Joe would be filming not what would be obvious you know to everybody else sure like here's the wiener going in and going in the girl he would be off somewhere else. He'd be on her face. He would be filming her legs while the sex was... So he had his own unique way of directing and shooting that's really talent-friendly. You know, it's not demanding. It's not lift your knee up, uh, pull your balls out of the way type of stuff. And he was awful, like, having fun. Yes, and he has a, he has a great energy and a, and a really, really good person. So it made it all... Uh, come together you know it was like this sort of traveling theater troupe of porn people it was very old school I mean it felt like year decades ago the stuff we were doing and I was I was really happy to involved and be working with him and to go through the process like that and then part of the scene one of the scenes the girl was in the strip club and they gave us permission to film inside the club with me in the crowd being danced for by the star that we just had sex, but now we're doing the second scene. 
at her at work. And she's dancing on the stage, all these people there. I'm up front. It's showing, like, over my shoulder, my point of view. And she's, like, dancing just for me. Sure. In this massive sort of palace strip club, you know, in uh, downtown Frisco. In this big famous area. Uh, it was just, like, I forget the name of it. It's a famous strip club downtown. Right near the end where the trolley comes down and ends. But... Um, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's... I, I know they have, like... Big marquee. Big, huge marquee. And she had a dressing room upstairs that we hung out in. But, you know, that was... There I was. Living this, like, I'm... Imagine, here's this dancer girl dancing just for me. Now, I know it's for the movie. But at the same time, this entire club... And the dancer is just for one guy, and it's me. And right. I'm just sitting there on the edge of the stage, just like... Sorry, I forgot. So do you have sex after that scene, or you already did it? We already did it. You already did it. Okay. It was like cut opposite. If we would have shot that first, it would have been cooler, probably. So um, what, what was... What, was, she, was she fun to work with? Yes. She was really fun, happy. We had a good time. She really, like, came. We caught it on camera. Mm -hmm. And then... But before you you did the shoot, did you guys exchange your health paper and check each other's? Yeah, papers? you have to do all that. You give each other your your testing, your IDs, and verify that everyone's of age and that everyone is you know disease free. And you get copies if you want. Yeah. Some people just look at it. Other people want a copy to take with them. So it's a strange way to have sex in America. That I that when you go through that, you get to know where the girl lives, her social security number, her driver's license number, or her passport, you get verification that she has no diseases, and you get verification that she's over 18. Yeah. And now, she is going to be paid to have sex with you. Right. And you're getting paid to have sex with her. And I'm getting paid to have sex with her, and right. it's like, unless you've gone through that, there is no Don Juan, smooth, talking, nightclub guy that can even imagine what this process is like is like you know what I mean it's so official it's so uh, strangely okayed by our society that's another level that's always fascinated me with, with porn and, and the law how we try to find ways to punish for thoughts it's, it's, and for it's, fantasies it's, it's interesting because in California basically I'm, of course I'm repeating myself as long as two people are having sex and the third party is paying them and it's in front of a camera and paperwork, it's 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 legal. Yeah. And as I was talking to you, I, I just wonder if you have a building where guys could go in and have sex with a girl and she's not you're not paying her, in theory it's legal too. Yeah. There's nothing there's no law preventing you from walking in and have sex with someone if you, if if they're not asking for any money from you. Yes. So in I think in Hungary, Budapest. Yeah. I think it's Budapest, or maybe in Prague, one of those places. There's a company called, um, I think it's called Big Brother or Big Sister or one of those things, where it's a brothel and people go in, you have sex with prostitutes, but you don't have to pay. The catch is there's a video camera everywhere. People are watching on the internet. Okay. So you, you have sex with women, you don't get paid, you don't pay them either. But the only exchange is that when you're doing it, you have to be 18, you uh, have no disease, and you go in and have sex with people, but people watch you do it. Okay, but you get it for free. Yeah. I wonder if you have that in the States. 
where people go in, you have sex, but um, basically they are paying you because they're going to use the content. So they're not paying you, but you you're getting free sex. But the uh, the price you paid is you're giving people free content. Yeah. Okay, I see. Um, that should be something they do here. Uh, I didn't really thought about it, but I don't I don't know how many people guys would be willing to go in and be filmed. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends how horny the guy is. I guess that wore a mask. So. You meet this girl, you have friendly conversations, you do it, then does it get easier to second, third? I mean, how many Yeah. How many uh, things do you do? Maybe five. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it gets a little, you know, you get a little more at ease, of course, with it, but... I was there when you did that scene with that black girl. Yes. And uh, you're supposed to do anal scene, right? You're supposed to fuck her and ass? Yeah, and she just wouldn't, or but couldn't, But she took the or, money like she was getting fucked in that. Yeah. And, you know... That, that happens because Joe is the type of artist that he is. He's not going to push someone mm-hmm. beyond their limits and be some kind of like slam his fist down and yeah. get out of the room, bitch. You know, it's unfortunate. We're trying to create art. And if somebody can't perform and do it, they should just not accept the money, accept the money for what they did, but not take it all. But yeah, she wasn't able. She said she just couldn't do it, wasn't able to, even though she knew that's what she was there to do. She definitely needed the money. Do you think she knew that she couldn't do it? Yes. Yeah, it was a bad act for her to get out of having to do anal. When you did, uh, well, how was she when you were doing it with her? I couldn't, I mean, I was just standing around watching. It was, uh, was she good? She was good, but, but a little bit not lazy but kind of like let's get this done kind of energy like let's let's be finished let's not put too much into it and that sucks because I feel like I, I've got to try to get her going I've got to like make this scene look better and then you're leaving it all on one person so she was just okay you know as far as trying to get something happening so so then we went from yeah, meet him, then we do it. Then now you have to hang out afterwards. Now she wipes your cum off her face, and then you're downstairs at the deli. <laughs> and, and you still don't know this bitch. Right. That's, that's what's so weird. But now you've shared something that people take months and months, a year to even experience between two people. Like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, right? Yeah. For this sex. And yet... We, two strangers, have just met, did that same act that women hold back from a man for a year until he, like, marries her. We just did that same act and didn't know each other. Now we're downstairs just sharing a sandwich. Right. So that act is what you make of it. It is what you want it to be. If you want, If a woman wants her body to be a one-time virgin-only special... For one dude who's going to put a ring on her finger, she does have the option to say that's what her body is. But there are some women who say, my body is not that. It is not a gift for men. It is not a promise for matrimony. It's my body. I could be a shot putter. I could be a kayaker. Or I could spread these legs and be a porn star. They, 
it just depends on what you want to say you are and what you your as more importantly what the woman says her body is. Well, two things. One, the girls you were working with, they're not the typical industry girls because no. they're, they're in New York City and San Francisco. The they're real. Girl, the black girl struck me like she was just doing it because she needed to pay her rent or something. Yes, that she was, she totally she had that kind of energy of like it was just a paycheck and and then you know she's not a real whore. Mm-hmm. She she filmed it. You know, at least she made porn. There's a lot of girls like that, too. And really, they, to delve into pure prostitution, secret, you know, just cash for sex and not letting, not filming it and not registering, no testing or any of that, that bothers women. They feel like, oh, I, I, I could never get into just being a hooker. Yeah. But letting it be filmed, a lot of girls will do that to pay their rent. Because they think the film isn't going to go anywhere. If they don't have family that cares, then then they'll just pick up a couple bucks. Last, a lot, I don't know, maybe last episode, two episodes back, you were talking about your new guy like John Doe and T.T. Boy and people like that, right? Yeah. So let's play a little psychology thing here. Um, you know, a lot of guys have spent, like, meet, meet a girl, spend a week, two weeks, however long it takes, adventures have sex with her and whatnot. What? Well, these guys is other, other, other way around, right? Other way around, yes. Yeah, it's not. They don't have an intimate intimacy with a lot of these women, for sure. But just imagine these guys are probably doing a scene a day. And if you're working in Southern California, you're dealing with like young, really attractive girls. Yes. And like you're doing this almost every single day. Well, you know, when you're not getting laid all the time, you appreciate women. Get one right. Yes. But if you're getting hot girls every single day, like not just fucking her pussy, but an asshole and coming on her face and on and on and on. Well, would that take any sort of joy out of it? What do you think? I mean, you know, it's it is. It's going to affect you. It 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 can't not. Is that a double negative? You know, affect you. Mm-hmm. It's like when the Serena sisters are just playing around or they meet some friends at a park to play tennis. Yeah. It's, for them, tennis is so much more. They're not just having fun and playing a game. They're actually... Hold on a second. We just hit 113 degrees. Jeez. Christ. Outside. Is it really that hot? Woo! That's toasty, ladies and gentlemen. We sound like an NPR radio show. Hi, uh, he's removing the lid from the coffin. And we're about to see uh, the sounds that you hear are crying women. Oh. Sorry, I didn't. One thirteen outside right now. So, yeah, I mean, like Rocco Cifredi, he's a very nice guy. Well, he, he yeah. is the greatest porn star of all time. He might. Yes. Opinion. Yeah. But you know, if he told if he told me like five thousand women, I wouldn't even blink. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Of course, probably. Probably most know. likely. But but. But yeah, and going to. But do you? I mean, what is it like for people that do it privately? Yeah. I think it's a. It, it means it's like again to the tennis example for Serena sisters. They're they're playing. If they're playing tennis at a park with family and friends, that's right. fine. But they're doing a softer, less important version of what has bought them and given them everything in their lives. So for the Serena sisters to be playing tennis casually, they almost can't. They know that this is what's paid them. This is what's made them famous. This is what they practiced on, and this has made all their money. So I think when porn stars are having sex privately, secretly, like one-on-one, it's sex, but it's not 
it's not important. Work. It's not you're not getting paid for it. It there are no lights there. It is a lazier, slower version of sex when I think the porn stars alone. Because just like Serena would not go crazy at a park with her cousins. She just let them play the game. Yeah. It's, it's now, it's not, it's, we're not under the lights. And so at least for me, that's, that's the difference is you're living it under the camera. You're giving it all there. When you're alone and at home, you just—it's just for you. You just do it how you would like. It's—it's it's calm and normal. And I think that's true for most people that I've known in the industry. Say the same type of things. You know, for porno people to be at home horny, at home having the sex swings, they're—they're they're like druggy partier porn people. And there are the, there's the druggy partier lawyers and the druggy partier doc. There's a drug party version of everything. But I think Yoshi and I don't. Oh, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like somehow I nav- we navigated towards the the professionals, the people you know, the John Leslies, the these guys that took it seriously as a business and as art. And so I didn't. I don't really know the world of the just the coked up porn star. Those aren't my friends. No. I I've I've sort of found friendships in and among the people that are worldly and can have conversations. Yeah, those you are, know what I mean? Yeah, so there's a whole other world people want to know about sometimes and I can't help them because... It's not just porn either because if we're going to talk to someone, they have to say something funny or interesting and if they're not, if they're just some meathead porno person, then yes. you're not going to hang out with them. No. But I just, I just, I always marvel like, I remember talking to Steve Holmes, one of the greatest performer and Herber from Germany and great friend. I don't remember which particular girl. She was super hot and asked like, "Oh, how was she? Must be great." Like he, he just said, like, "Oh, she was okay," because he fucked so many. It takes a lot for him to go, "Wow." Yes. You know, and I'm yes. just watching at home like, "Wow." I, would, I just wonder what what. I can't even imagine if you had a sex with this porn star A, B, and C. You know. Yes, and it makes the the porn star guy does begin to appreciate and has to like all types of body types sure you know you might get a little bit chubbier than you like that's okay a little skinnier than you like that's fine you're not into redheads okay or you love redheads or you're not into blondes you you have to learn to appreciate something about now again our conversation really is always we're always talking about sort of pre-drugs porn sure pre-viagra porn where you had to, you know, your mind and your soul had to kind of be into it. Where nowadays, like like you said earlier, you go to a shoot, they can cut because now they're going to redo the bed sheets or they need to change something. Or we, they're going to go move outside now, you know, or in from the pool or out to the Something's about to happen. These guys stand, <laughs> these guys stand around and they could redo their makeup comb their hair, have a sandwich, bullshit with each other, waiting for all the cameras to change, and the dick is rock hard. Yeah. It's so weird to, like, see that. Or it's, like, three quarters. I think, but I think they're just Steve, eating chips. Steve Holmes told one of the uh, performer guy, you know, even before the girl showed up, basically saying, because the guy was standing around naked already, and just rock hard the whole fucking time, hours at a time. Yeah. I think Steve Holmes said something like, 
did the wall make you horny or something like that? Yeah, that's funny. Because Steve get hard whenever he wants to, whenever there's a woman and stuff, but he doesn't cheat by taking, what, what is that, Capper Jack? Is that the one where you put needles? You shoot your dick. What? Yeah. I think no, I, I've heard of things like that. People, it's Caprajack. I think that's what it is. It's, it's you inject. I don't know what kind of drug or medication it is, but you get rock hard. But I think the problem is eventually, it's it's gonna stop working. You know what I mean? Yeah, on your own. Yeah, yeah. I know that's there, a pretty heavy price to pay. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, Th- this guy uh, used to be one of the vendors at Tableau Video for the penis pumps. And he would come in and would brag about how he had, like, used it for so long. Like, it, was, it does stretch out your dick and make it bigger. He's like, my dick is way bigger and fatter than it was. But it, it, he can't get it up by himself anymore. He has to um, pump it up and then tie it off with a rubber band. And then, you know, and if that's what you, you, what you need to have a big dick, I guess it's not, those aren't the worst trade-offs. Right. But I just would not... I'd not, I would not want that setup with every person I was with. Oh, here, hold on a second. You know, pump, 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 pump. Hey, can you hand me that hair? Can, you gotta, can I use that scrunchie out of your hair real quick? I gotta, I gotta cinch my nuts down and then we'll get to some lovemaking. It's, it's not a trade-off I would do. And you know what? It wasn't something necessary in early porn. You look at, when we talk about these guys, the Ron Jeremy, John Leslie, you know, Ron Jeremy had a good sized dick. There was the John, the John. There are a hundred John Holmes now, in in porn. It's, but you know, this is something that we we we, we talked about. Um, when you watch wrestling, there's a lot of guys who are more athletic and bigger and bigger muscle guys. Yeah, but good old days, seventies, eighties, and early nineties. Yeah. You have wrestlers with personality. Maybe they're not as athletic or good-looking like these new kids in in wrestling, but personality matters, right? That's it. And I think there's certain guys in porno though that they great scenes. They have certain personality to them, you know. Yeah. There's a big difference between Ron Jeremy's, which which is like more goofy, humorous kind of thing, to you know Mark Davis of the world. And, yeah. Uh, superstar Rocco Zafredi and. T.T. Boy, Jake Steed, like you were talking about, and Joyce Averas of the world. Um, it was the. It was almost. We didn't know it, but it was. It was going to be the final generation of dick slingers, mm-hmm. because nobody knew these pills were about to arrive. And at the time, you had your. You know, John used to do scenes, right? Steliano. There was a. You know, Randy West and all these guys. Small. You know, average dicks, small dicks, even. And they had long careers in the business. Joy Silvera's not packing. It's just that there's a personality and then there's a ability to perform. And that was necessary up until like 2000. That ability to perform, to find a place in your mind, to be able to be aroused, perform the scene, and give the viewer the impression that you were totally turned on by these women. Sure. That's what these guys used to be able to do and we didn't we didn't know that you know what I mean that this, this was about to all go away yeah that it was going to be a world of like a forest of big John, uh, big old uh, drug dicks do you what do you think do you when you're watching movies do you prefer when the guy fucking the girl 
looks average or even below average looking guy like Ed Powers and I think I think uh, some of the customers prefer movies like that because if the girl is fucking some old old middle aged guy with average penis and like a shitty body and he's fucking a hot girl I think some guys if it's a fantasy like well if she's willing to fuck a guy like that like I know for a fact like a it's, it's possible for me to yes. find a girl like that. The other extreme is guys who want to get movie where guys like Rocco Cifredi and uh, Manuel Ferreira, yeah, Italian, French Italian guy, I think, good looking, big dick, very personable, where most guys cannot relate to him, but you know, girls like him, you know. Yeah. So, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, beep, beep. People can watch different ones for different reasons. Like. Yeah, some some guys are intimidated by a good-looking porn guy, and some guys prefer that. Like they, they, they want it, they want it more real. They want to fantasy like I, I'm that guy fucking that girl. Yes. Then other extremes like you know average-looking guys, where average guy looking be, below average guys fucking hot girls. And here's something I could give Ogie a piece of uh, information also that could be studied, which I found that was true in a few different. Scenes. They were group scenes. So when we shot at... We shot in Greenwich Village at a tattoo parlor. And we had sex back on the tattoo chairs. Now, to be having sex in a tattoo parlor in Greenwich Village on the same chairs where your, your, your Johnny Depps have sat is... It's just Tain is cool. That 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 is my. If, if I had to like write a phrase down of like what's cool, what's what's hip, what's fucking what's James Dean, what's rock and roll, what's Elvis Presley to me, fucking in a tattoo chair in Greenwich Village under cameras is, you know, that's my easy writer. You know, what I'm, does that make sense? Yeah. That, that, that's that's my that was me in my Peter Fonda days, and I wasn't going to go through life and not have those days. I, and so meeting Joe and having a chance to do these was my chance to go. You know what? Here it is. And here's the here's the memory. And it, it felt like really old school because I was there. It was mid uh, mid two thousand, right? Like this, yeah. seven eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a while, a long time ago, almost ten. And for those of you who don't know. Most of the porno really started in places like New York City, San Francisco, not LA. Exactly, and that's why it was fun to be there. And they moved to LA because of the legal decision that made it easier to film stuff in LA. But prior to that, I'm sure in the 60s, but especially in the 70s and 80s, it really was New York and San Francisco area, you know? Yeah, and at the end of that scene, and then there was another scene where we had it. uh, Did you do a scene with a European girl named Sharon something? No, she was in Sarah the movie. Wild. She was. I didn't get a scene with her though. Um, but she was the prettiest one. Yes, right? yes. But at the end of that scene, like Dino, the other guy, I was working with, and then another scene we had on the roof. Dino Bravo, right? Yes, we were we were DPing Angel Angel Baby. Yeah. And it comes time for the pop shot. Yeah. And you, it's it's preferred that if you got two or three guys together. They either go real close to each other or all at the same time. Mm-hmm. That for just the visual of that is is the best. Um, if you've got a cut and edit, and one guy comes up, does his thing, and another guy's ten minutes behind, and you have to cut. But how it, easy it's it not to time it? 
So, here's what I could tell Ogie and what you could study. You, it's like what he's talking about, the images, how we respond to the idea of the erect penis or the pouting lips or the round ass, right? When it's time to like come and you have to, and there's another guy also on the clock, there is some weird power where both of you are able to go, you ready? Ready? Three, two, one, boom. There, there's something that, that it's like when women, you know, if women are around each other, they'll, they'll, their periods will coincide. They'll start yeah. to match. The, the moon cycle, if all women work together for five years, they'll eventually all have the same period. Or the, You know, that they say that kind of stuff. So this is like a cum cycle? It is. It's like, you know, we were under the moon in Manhattan. And no, but there, and then in the other scene, I noticed that too. It's like, okay, Joe is like, oh, I think we're good. Whenever you guys are ready, go ahead. And I'm like, okay. So I started, I started doing mine, getting ready to finish. And I wasn't like that close. I thought this will take a second. Dina was closer. And I realized as he was like, okay, I'm ready. He's like bringing the girl forward. It, it made me have to. I was like, oh, right on. I'm not going to ruin the scene. Right? Boom. I'm ready too. Get over here. And then teamwork. Bl- teamwork. There were, there, I'm telling you, there's something to study about that. And I'm talking about in an evolutionary sense. That do, do we have something triggered into our brain? When one man is coming, is having an orgasm, what does it serve for another man to be ready to do the same thing, right? Yeah. It, what do you mean? Then, she, then he, you know, fucks the same girl? Well, our dicks are shovels. Uh, apparently, we're honing in on something here. Right. That that seeing the act of sex and being and, and a guy having to like ejaculate. Sure. Guy to guy, you you will find a power in like the sort of cooperation of it. Like, okay, you going good? Me too. There there is this like, and and it might be in our evolution that being in proximity to. <laughs> An orgasm for the male triggers in him, I better orgasm too, or I'm gonna be out a baby. He's orgasming, he's gonna get her pregnant, I better orgasm in her too. In fact, my dick's a shovel, I'll scrape him out. Yeah. And so I experienced that. I can tell Ogie, I went, I felt that. I know that it's true. That two different times it was one time I was ahead, one time I was behind. And both times we both caught up to each other. Right at the last, right at the last second, and I think that that's something I don't, I don't know how you could possibly, you know, do a double blind study for that. But I, I felt, I, I felt it. There's an evolutionary response to that release. You know that you better get, you better get your turn in too, or your DNA isn't going to propagate. So, so you did five different scenes with five girls. There was, uh, the, yes. And yeah, but but some of the scenes we switched between girls. Right. Yeah. Did you? Was it? Was it more difficult when when there was another guy? No, you're just doing your own thing. Yeah. We had plenty of room. It wasn't it wasn't like all smashed together in one bed type of stuff. Sure. It's like I'm over there, he's over there. You know, like in like in the um, uh, tattoo parlor. You know, he's over there. I'm doing my thing over here. We're just jumping in and out of what we can get from the girls. So that wasn't... No, that was a... 
And plus, Dino's Dino's a nice guy. He's like a cool guy too. And you know he's, he's not a weirdo. No, he's not a weirdo. He's mellow. We went out Fisherman's Wharf, did some like tourist knickknack shopping together. Because I think Dino were actually fucking in Tenderloin District in San Francisco outside. Yeah, he was doing the um, public stuff. He had some outside. He had outside. See, that takes really another level because you're talking. Uh, you could get in trouble. And two, there's strangers walking by. Yes. And it was interesting because nobody complained. No. People just walking. Well, Tenderloin, for those of you who never been to San Francisco, it's a pretty rough area. Yes. Or at least it was rough the way. That's how I remember 10 years ago. Yes. And you're fucking this rough neighborhood and people walking by. Out in the streets. Like that. Oh, man. We had a, um, we got a uh, hotel, of course, for the look also. And it was the, like the worst crack hotel. I mean, it was unbelievable. And, but all of this is what Joe was into. And it's what I wanted to see about this world. Right. Going through these like really bad wired doors. And you're walking up this like s- staircase that's just smelly. And the walls are just greasy and written on. And you get up to the, like this Middle Eastern guy behind a cage. And he's sitting in there. And you say, is there any rooms? And he just like points, there, there, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, all right, uh, how much? How long? I mean, all all night, all night forty, you know. Mm-hmm. And then so you go in there, and it's just a shite hole. It's just like the the most amazingly Disgusting. gross room that we could find. And of course, Joe and I are like totally happy. Like, yeah, look at this place. Because you guys are looking for gritty stuff. Yeah, we yeah. wanted it like that, so we like. Put put pictures up on the wall. We just we just like taped taped up posters of girls and stuff and made it like silly, and then put candles around and just like made it shot a scene in there, and it was you know this was real porn, and that's what people don't understand about the sort of work the everyday working. The, what what am I trying to say? The uh, how porn works every day, mm-hmm. the business of it. It, I think it would hurt people's feelings. You know, you don't want them. Just like with filmmakers and movie makers, you you don't want to show the people the process of the movie, because after seeing the star go off a few times and be a dickhead or watch the director cuss somebody out, right. you're probably not going to want the movie. Now, now that that process ruins it for you. Um, if you, if you walk through a Chinese restaurant through the kitchen. You might you might not want to eat yeah. there anymore. You you shouldn't see the process, and the process of porn is so straightforward and so unsexy that people are better just seeing the resulting sort of product. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why did you stop? I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to do those few scenes. I just wanted to participate. I so wanted you, to... You didn't really care to make career out of oh, it. Oh, no, never. I just wanted to see if I could do it, what it was like, mm-hmm. and that I could say that I did it. And what was... Um, did you... Do you regret doing them? No. The one... And we're, we're kind of teasing, hiding the name. You guys can try to find it. That it, re, it received some, like, critical acclaim. Like, that was fun. You know, people actually said, porn people were saying, like, you know what? There were some hot scenes. There was some good camera work. And the title, the marketing was all, like, celebrated a little bit. Yeah. 
And um, Joe became to be known and is still known as one of the, at least briefly, you know, he made his mark that... He won AVN Awards. Yes, he won some awards. And for people that know his name, know that they met a serious pornographer. You know, and Joe really did well for himself that... But he tried to sell them through Evil Angel and they were, uh, didn't carry them because I think some of the milk enema stuff, they thought it's going to open a lot of legal problems for them. So that Really? Try doing the scene. I know. When he tried to do uh, extreme stuff like that, I don't know. They're just always worried about getting arrested and shit like that. Literally. And remember what one of the philosophies behind this is, these are our bodies. If I want to fill it with milk and shit it out, I can. Don't don't you let football players break up their knees and give themselves concussions? Sure. Don't we allow that? We, we allow the athletes, in fact, encourage them to do that. And yet, these people are sexual athletes. For sure. If they want to like do wrestling. this... Yeah, like like Mick Foley and these guys. Like they, it's, it's all the porn... That's why rock stars, rappers, wrestlers... You know, designers, that's what they all love porn. They're all around porn all the time in the shoots. They're fans of porn because it caters to how they are. You know, motorcycle builders are not shy around porn people. Yep. They're the same type of people. They're, they're, they're fringe, they're outcasts, they're unloved by society, and yet they provide something that everybody needs. So... That's my sort of family. Those those are the people, those are the rebels I like being around. And that was the main reason, again, why I did the whole, made the low scenes in the first place. Do you talk to any of them anymore or not really? No. No, like I said, it's been almost 10 years now. Wow. So I wonder what everybody's up to. But. Yeah, it's good. It's a good seven years at least. Yeah, because I think... Wait, it's 2013? No, it's 2003, wasn't it? No. Four? Close more 2005, I think. Because I remember on the box, I thought it said 2004. I don't think it was 2003, but I guess maybe it was like 2004 or five. So it's, I guess, nine years? Yeah, maybe when it was maybe when it was released, it was released later. Okay. But I felt like we, we were taping and we were flying around. I felt like it was 93 because of the age I was. I see. Or 2003, I mean. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. Either way, it's like a while ago. So, how come you never made any porn? Me? Yeah. I, I couldn't do that in front of a camera. I'd be too nervous. Do people ever ask you to do it? Um, ever had, tease you to do it? I've had people like like Brandy want to know if, if I want to do stuff like... What is it, ball bangs? Yeah. You just, you know, get your dick sucked and like, if you pop on the girl's face, you can get money and whatnot. Okay. But I've done paperwork for those kind of things and it's really uncomfortable because it's not the best and brightest, you know what I mean? It's, a lot of times... You mean the girls? No, 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 not the girls. I'm just talking about the guys. guys. Yeah. They just show up. Very least, I think, guys, if you're going to get into this business, I think very least you should at least clean, clean yourself up before showing up, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. That's just weird. You expect somebody to suck your dick and pop on their face. They can't even 
clean your body so you don't smell. <laughs> oh, does that happen? Yeah. So when uh, I couldn't even stand near this guy when he was doing paperwork. I can't imagine putting that guy's dick. Oh man! And like, I don't know how many guys were there. It was a lot. One of those Brandon's movie. Yeah. Basically, if Brandon would fuck this girl, then as soon as it's done, all these guys would jump on her and like get their dick sucked uh, and come on her face. This is Brandon Iron. And, yeah. You know, I'm just doing paperwork because he he didn't have a person doing it. So I did it. He paid me a little bit of money, but. It was just, I wouldn't say it was sad, it was just tedious. Yeah. You know? Man. But did he have a room? Did he give these guys, like, a place to go clean up? Um, I think they could have done if they wanted to, but a lot of them showed up. Like, like one-third of the guys didn't even have a car. They have to take bus and transfers oh, to get over man. there. It really was porn open mic. Oh, and man. So I think their, their way of thinking was, if I do a good enough job, I get bumped into another better one, and fuck a better looking girl even our good friend Guy Desova was telling me one of his first scenes he had to fuck some ugly old lady on a mattress or something I think he got like 25 bucks his first scene or something like that or 50 bucks something like his first scene um so you know Tanner you think you can stop by the gas station I gotta piss yeah but um I don't know what to say it's it's, so now it's you, you know that Kid, not kid. I, I could say kid because he's younger than me. But James Dean, he's like the hot new male talent. You know, he did that movie with Lindsay Lohan. He's a really good-looking Jewish kid, and he fucks top-the-line girls. And he seemed pretty comfortable in front of the camera. And he likes his job. Then that's cool. Like, yeah. You're you're you get paid fucking hot girls. He likes it. He doesn't need to have a shame or anything. I mean, I w- I could kind of say like you know he I don't he doesn't look like he was abused or anything. So. I could safely say chances are he wasn't abused and he really liked his job and looks like it's a fun job but how are guys still getting paid to do porn I just it boggles my mind well the, the, it's the, just the, like the, the money has dropped it's, it's not what it was because everybody can do it like I'll, I'll give my I'll give my cousin a, fucking, a mask so. and a Viagra who were some of the favorite porn stars that you met over the years you were happy that you met them at the convention let's talk about that one that would be uh, you know Vanessa Del Rio why her? Just she's just an old school nasty really passionate sexy woman that's um, Latin from Manhattan right? that's the Del Rio? yeah okay yes and she had she had Made in Manhattan I think it was one of her is that one of her movies early on? Even though I know it's a modern film. Yeah. But they're, these are porn titles from the day. But um, she was a real hot woman. Like, she loved men. She loved sex. She was built for it. And Is she, is she a big woman? Yeah, like, like just dirty. Not, you not, know, like sex, a sexy, very, very hippie, booby body. And so when she was in porn, again, this was in the 80s, when the only people in porn were the ones that loved sex more than the other people in their society. Yeah. They just, the extra hornier people gravitated towards porn. And so she was one of them, definitely. Back then, you know, we had Nina Hartley and... I, I love her. Yes, one of the queens. Debbie Diamond, who was a beast in the 90s. Talk about her. She was another wild, tall, crazy, real athletic, tall body. Small boobs, 
she was probably six foot, maybe taller. Yeah. I'm and mad. like a like a real skier's body, like a volleyball player. Um, she was in a Helmut Newton's photography, and she is perfect for him. Black and white pictures, Amazon-looking one, blonde, tall, good-looking, and and a voracious sexual appetite. sexual appetite. Yeah, she would she eat had. men up. She just wanted more and more, and she would um, was not faking it. Yeah. You know, m- many guys that I know have worked with her and said that you just couldn't. She could take it all. You would just be pounding her, and she never would stop. It was like wild. But again, what would Ogie study about? What's the, what is the evolutionary response by men towards a su- super sexually aggressive woman? My first guess would be diminished manhood. It wouldn't be as easy to get it up. I think, yeah, but because, because I think a woman like that is pretty intimidating. Like, who's that black girl? Is it Monique? Yes, she was another one. But I think Guy Silva was telling me something like, she said something like, is that all you got? Like, she's 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 not a giant. You know, no, she's, she's a little. little girl, but yeah. yeah, but she was physically tough. She was. Walking. And there were some like that, you know, um, that were just strong. Jill Denial was another one. Rocco was basically saying it was like fucking a guy because she was so, like, physical and, like, Talking a lot of shit and telling him like this all, is all you got to rock all, you know? Yeah, just yeah. Crazy because he's probably the one of the greatest performer of all time. Probably, probably number one if, if he's not. I mean, if he's not number one, who is number one? Yeah, it's like the next name is like half the performer. I mean, and if it's not, look, their performers may be as good as Rocco. They just will never have his amount and. It's, it's his passion. It's his star. prolificness. There's, um, nothing, there's nothing fake about him. He's really into women. Met, met, met him several times. Very a gracious, great. nice, kind. You could tell. Him it, and Stelliano working is kind of like the porno version of Scorsese and De Niro. Yes. They they put out the best, some of the best porn of all time. You know, the, the Rio series mm-hmm. r- ripped the industry wide open. The people did not realize, can you really go out on the beach and watch girls walk around, take them up to a hotel room and, and build an entire empire off of it? And John did. Yeah. He, he I mean, really, I think, that I think was... He was one of the first Americans to go to Brazil, if not the first one to film stuff over there. And then... I have, I, of course, I still have problem with him. I'm not going to take that away from the man. He is a pervert, and, and I mean, when I say pervert, with a capital P, with a lot of respect. Yes. He's... He, Especially early on, he definitely care what he was doing for sure. And when we talk about pervert and what's perverted, again, this is always a lot of the porn people that we know. This is their their language where they're saying like, "We're not perverted," you know. Poverty's perverted. War's perverted. That's gross. And it's it's strange that you know there are mo- they are morally totally correct. But yet, our society just is, it doesn't get it that way. It thinks that, you know, death, murder, violence, handling things with war is, you know, the way it has to be done. What are we going to do about it? The war, the world's a dangerous place. We got to get them before they get us. But porn, let's try to get rid of it. Why do we have that? And, and when you're, and the people in porn, they're like, they, 
they, they have like sort of the best lens on society. They just, I mean, as, as, as far as men goes, they just, they love life and they love women and, you know, it's a perfect combo. Yes. But going, going back, so you said uh, Vanessa Del Rio, Nina Hartley, Debbie Diamond. Yes. Uh, those are the ones you met, right? Obviously. Yeah, then of course, the, and those are the classics. You know, and there's going to be more. You know, never met Marilyn Chambers. I did meet Johnny Keys. Uh, and then some of the guys, Gene Valjean, Jamie Gillis. Jamie Gillis is probably the, uh, the, the big one of the yes. biggest one. In, in, in regular film, Jamie Gillis is almost the Christopher Walken, almost of porn. <laughs> yeah. Totally his own way, totally his both, own style. They both eat shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They both love poo. And so... For those of you, I mean, Gail, Jamie Gillis was famous for eating. Literally like shit, you know. Oh, he was dirty. When I met him, there was a shoot that I met him at in this, you know, adult video store there in Manhattan. I was there. Okay, so yeah. I don't remember the name of the store. But remember, it's, it's one of the underground porn shops in right there near Times Square. And there were customers actually shopping while they were filming stuff. Yeah. Um, Nobody complained. Nope. And so that was, again, that, that was that world of, like, filming those scenes. It was the bomb. But there was like Jamie, yeah, and of course Ron Jeremy. You know, there's John Leslie, Joey Silvera, and then some of the side guys. If people remember, then we have Peter North, and we have Mark Wallace, and some of these early guys that started to have careers in the '90s started to get fame and a fan base as a guy, yeah. which really. The guys in porn in the 80s would come to the conventions to hang out with everyone else that came there to see the girls. Yeah. But slowly, men started to get followings. And that's where you have, I guess these guys are considered classic guys now, but that's when we were started. These, Shawn Michaels might have been in his first couple years. Jake Steed, TT Boy, all these guys were just new. They were just... They were within their first five years of the business. A lot of those guys are in the Hall of Fame thing for porno, too. You know, it's, it's very yeah. strange. Guy De Silva and these guys. And so meeting them and really putting a a handshake to these people who are in the videos that you, like, masturbate to was surreal. It was like, you were the, wow, you're the girl. You're I, the one. I remember, um, for those of you who go to porn convention in Vegas... They used to end the show on Sundays, so that ABN Awards shows on Saturday, then early uh, Sunday afternoon. Some of the girls are supposed to be there, but they're exhausted because they went to awards show. Some of them don't show up. Some of them didn't, didn't win any awards. Are upset so they don't go to their booth and sign autographs. Yeah. Right? But my favorite period at the porn was those years when we had award shows. Uh, I mean, uh, convention on Sundays, and when we finished the Sunday convention. We were done with everything. Then everybody take like an hour break and come back and have an evil angel dinner. And that was amazing because John, I have to admit, he was very generous. He would took, take us to a really fancy restaurant. This is like the beginning of the year thing, you know, where yes. you go to this fancy dinner with the whole company that were uh, invited for work. And uh, these porno guys will bring a new growth, new flavor of the week. And they will bring this, obviously, just super sexy girls in a yeah. really sexy outfit, you know. And especially the one from Europe. They just, I don't know why why they're, I don't know, maybe because they weren't talking a lot too. They're more mysterious maybe. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I, I really missed those years. 2000. Where they would have the award show at the end? They would have it on Saturday, but Sunday they still have to convention for a few hours. Yes. But Sunday dinners when they were right. home next day. Were you ever invited to that Evil Angel thing on Sunday? No. No? Um, no, just the. I remember the, the parties, the bowling party that time. I think I've been to that like five, six times. And fuck, that, that really made it. But as soon as they changed that convention to Wednesday through Saturday or something, yeah, the dinner was disappearing and we didn't have it again. But those were the days. Thank you, Internet. You fucked it up for everyone. Man, it did. It was our, we had a little secret world going on. That, that, the internet for came. me, the fun part of porn uh, ironically ended because of the internet. Those days are gone. Yeah, because then it became, then right with the internet came Viagra, and now it lost all of its charm and all of its romance and all of the human stories. And, it, and everything's so desperate now. You yes. Know, because everybody have barely making a living out of it. There was a, there was still, when we were around it, there was a fascination and a wonder mm -hmm. with these people that made these videos like how could they just be naked and not care and we were like fascinated with them and the same way you would go to any concert or uh, play or theater yeah like how do these people do this you go watch Broadway show and it's like wow and it's the same thing I was the same way with porn how do they do How could they possibly get in front of everybody naked like this and not care? And then you go to conventions, and there they are in their skimpy outfits, smiling, being happy. And they don't care that the whole world knows they're dressed like this. And, yeah. you know, those are just my I kind mean, of let's people. let's be honest. If you're showing you what your asshole look like, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of mysteries out of the window. You That's know? it. You really know somebody. But, but I... Um I have to say, I really enjoy meeting people's like, I'm sure they don't remember meeting me, but I like, I really like Alicia Key. I mean, not Alicia, not Alicia Key. Alicia is funny. Alicia Claus. Yeah. She was one of um, Seymour Butts girls. Yes. Taylor Hayes was another Seymour Butts girl. Yeah. He, he had a lot of good ones. Yes. Uh, he, he was kind of a contract, you know, he was like sort of a gonzo contract guy. That he, you know, he, he, these girls were exclusive to him, pretty much. And they were like hot girls. Yes, wild and fun, fun girls to be around. And he used to run a gym. And John Stelliano, my former boss, needed a gym to film some uh, Buttman's workout video or something like that. He and, and Simo Butts was struggling. His real name is Adam Glasser, but um, he was struggling. And he saw John show up at his gym doing porn and he realized what the fuck am I doing that's that's what I read what the fuck am I doing the physical fitness business I should just get into porn and yeah I think he was doing really well for a while I don't, I don't know if he's still in business or not but he definitely had a good eye for girls and he had he always had the hot young fun girls well he started where he found a niche was taking the girl like now the original girl was um uh Shane. That's right. That was his very first star, and she was a monster. And Shane would, like, gobble dick wherever you pointed at one. And so he took her around, 
and got notoriety and got fame was Shane. Yeah. Because Shane was so wild and she would get girls involved. She would blow firemen. She would blow cops. Uh, it, it was like... She, I think she got a fireman in trouble because there was a footage of like fire station where she was giving the guy a blowjob or something. Yeah. Yeah, so that was his first... Um, and, and again, that was the formula. A voracious sexual performer, but then a, a weirdly sweet, bubbly, really kind. And even her face was so, like, kind and, like, <laughs> sweet. So Shane was a good... She, she, she was she reminded me of, like, California beach girl. Yeah, but she was well, always like, hi. She always had, like, a little high-pitched high voice and, like, was always happy. Alicia was another one. I remember there was one movie she did. She's basically traveling Amsterdam by by the um, Central Station with Simo Buds. He's, she just kept walking down the street like anybody else. And she would stop every once in a while and give a guy a hug. And they, 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 this is all natural. They, they, you know, they, they didn't really have a part yeah. of the movie. It's amazing. Like Those girls had that sweetness, even though they were doing nasty sex. I think they were like so different from the star from 70s, 80s because they were more serious actor and actresses doing a movie they just yes. went with the fucking some part but these gonzo fun girls yeah I really yep. miss those types yeah that was they were and it's then really quaint yes yes they, they're, they're weird like fun people this whenever they need to though they go and have sex where they're living and I don't remember if I ever met Shane or not but I've seen I the, yeah I met her a few times over the years and got pictures and stuff but I remember also that we were in the era of the she-male and the tranny revolution and my first shops I worked at I mean well, Joyce Severa changed everything on that yeah well there used to be yeah and he really like opened up the market and and showed that it was profitable but well, we he, had he, he, he took a chance because Joyce Severa did a lot of boy girl stuff and you know shove his neck and Squirting and things like that, but he was the first call and call mainstream pornographer bringing Shima to mainstream porn world. It was shocking because I think it was within the same year or within a year, his uh, business partner, John Stelliano, met being HIV positive, you know. Yeah. By thinking he had, he had a sex with a Shima one, though. But, but Joey's the one who brought transsexual stuff to mainstream, you know. And it didn't even exist. I remember having a, a tape, and it was called, like, Sasha or Kasha. Mm-hmm. It was just some name of a woman, a transvestite. Transsexual. Transsexual, I mean. Big difference. Um, yeah. With smallish boobs, maybe on some hormones. Still the dick, but looked like a woman. Looked like a pretty yeah. woman. And that, I remember we had one or two videos of her, and that was it. In this entire shop that I worked at, and the next shop I worked at, even at Taboo Video, we had half a dozen. Yeah. When I first started there, and that would have been early '90s. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, yes, that's right. Wow, that's right. '93. So there was just a smattering of these. But what Joy we did. understand about the research, like in in a billion wicked thoughts, is that the penis. The erect penis in proximity to the female causes the man to be aroused. Right. Through like a, almost a competition response. If you're a man, you're just looking at a picture of naked guys or just looking at a penis, 
just not, not a, you're, you're gay. Yes. But men need to see a dick right by a woman because we, yes. we're looking for women's reaction to it. Yes. That's and what excites us, you know. The, the, and so what we found out that the phenomenon of the she-male is that the wiring works even when the proximity of the male's penis to the woman begins, you know, starts arousal. Mm-hmm. And as the girl gets closer to the penis, the arousal heightens. Yeah. That the wiring works so well that even when you put the penis on the girl, the triggering still works. Yeah. You're still seeing a penis in proximity to a woman. Yes. And so that's why men that are in the she-males, men that are into transsexuals, it is not a gay love. It's not a gay no. um, turn-on. It's a, it's, a, it's a heterosexual male turn-on. He's responding to the proximity of a penis to a woman. Just like the picture of Buck Angel, uh, this this is a female that looked like a skinhead biker guy. Yeah. Just happened to have a vagina. And Ogie was telling me that, ironically, the per- pe- group of people who get really excited by uh, Buck Angel is gay men, not men, heterosexual men, because... It, or not gay women. No, it's, it's gay men only. Because... They, they say they're strangely attract because of that... The, the peck, the shoulder, the manliness of the face, and so on and so forth, you know. But it doesn't have a dick, but they, they, they say they have a strong feeling for them. Yeah. <laughs> for her. And so that stuff started to come up mid, mid-90s, and then towards the late-90s, there was a little more, but not until the early 2000s did it really become available. And there was a lot of stuff out of Brazil. There was a lot of stuff worldwide. Yeah. We didn't have an American line. And because I think the pornographers in America, they shied away from that. Sure. As more of, it was more of a gay line than it was a fetish line. A lot of straight pornographers in America do fetish, but she-males always seemed not fetishistic, gay. It's, as Ogie called it, erotical optical illusion. Yeah. So, yeah, when he explained it, okay, it makes sense. You know, you and I, we work in porn shop, we been to convention, we've been to shoots, you've been in front of camera, I've been overseas with the porno stuff, we've just been around for so long, but I didn't have a scientific explanation until he mentioned it, it makes a lot of sense once he did it, you know, yes. uh, the way I describe what we do, we're like jazz musicians, we might not necessarily know the music theory and things like that, but we have a gut feeling to it, Yes. there are people who could play music, never having a music class. And there's yep. others who's been taking a classical music class, like almost like at a scientific level, you know. Yeah, and so this is like real world experience, and you build an intuition that when people come in and they start shopping, I know what they want. I can tell by their clothing choice. It's like I have so many options. People don't know how the same they are. When you go to a coffee shop. I think people feel there's a uniqueness to each person. I'm I'm sitting this way. My laptop is not their laptop. I have red socks on. But when you look into the coffee shop yeah. through the window, everybody's the same. Yeah. It's the same way with like the punk rock scene with these emo kids. They're they're brooding individuals. I just I can't fit into the world. Nobody understands me. Yeah, if you look at their whole group, they're identical to each other. Sure. And so there's something like that about sexuality. Ogie has studied the, the brain science of it, and then he's looked into the searching for it. 
and then we have seen the actual on the ground reality of it what people do look like what do if a guy comes in and he's fat what do you think he's going to look at I have a high percentage of what I think a fat guy is going to look for but then they'll go just fat no not if he's fat and dressed like this then it pulls him over to this version. Yeah. Okay, so if he's fat and dressed like this, all those guys will like that. Not necessarily. Because if they're fat and dressed like this, but they have this kind of haircut versus this haircut, now they're gonna go back to gay. Yeah. And they're like, so then now you have them. No, because if they're shoes, if, you, if they have boots, sandals, tennis shoes, all that, and, and so they go, well, how are you able to do this? It's like over, over decades, right? Sure. 10, 13 years and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of case studies working in 24-hour shops, sometimes pulling double shifts for 13 years, your case studies, your case study becomes so massive that you can separate, they go, okay, what about this guy, Tana? I go, okay, he's over six foot, so I'm gonna put him in this category, but he's unshaven, right? And then boom, 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 and pretty soon I can find your porn. <laughs> it, it's kinda like, um there are baseball scouts. There, there, there are people who use statistics to pick players. They never meet the player. They look at the number. Yeah. They pick them. And there's also scouts who go out and don't give a fuck about statistics. Just kind of look at the player. They want to see him throw. Yeah. How so, he interact. Yeah. I mean, I would much prefer a little bit of both. But yes. Uh, you know. And you I think want, I think if you're visual, like we are visual, we we based on. The, got feelings really and Ogi does a lot of statistics and things like that um, yeah and so you do build up an understanding of who everybody is by I, the but isn't it fun when you st once start talking then what the they specifically tell you exactly what they're talking about yeah then when you help find what they're looking for they really are happy actually they especially when there's a section yeah and you know about them and so they go just kind of like Asian, and there was many times that I gave people the tour that they wanted, but they can't ask for. And you'll know when you have that that newer person, yeah. like, well, boy, she's hot, huh, man? Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll get this one. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They, they, it's like, okay, I go, well, you know, this girl's this and that. And I go, and then you start to ask them questions, but they don't know they're being asked questions. Yeah. So you would you always get a girl like this? You know, if you're liking this stuff, there's this genre over here. Oh, oh, really? Well, what's that? Well, this is going to be your ethnic black girl, Mexican. Da da da. She's really hot. Oh yeah, she is. And now you can see. Oh, this guy's into brown. Yeah. You're starting to pull it out of him. You see how what, what boxes he grabs for first. And 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 the key. Where, and I think another key to when you work those places, even if you don't agree or not agree, but even if you're not into something or maybe we think it's weird. The last thing you need to do is make them feel like they're a weirdo for yes. something, right? Yep. Um, and even gay videos, sometimes gay guys, they're using it as a way to pick up on the clerk. You yeah. know, like, um, is this a good one? Is that a good one? And I would just say, well, I've never seen it. I know, I wouldn't even say I'm not gay. Yeah. I would say, well, I've never seen it, but I know that he's really popular. This line rents yeah. a lot. And this has got to be a lot of favorite. This is this guy. And right. then, then they would say like, well, who's your favorite? You know, like that, and they go, oh, among these, like I said, I never saw my favorite, really. And, I, and then you point out a woman yeah. or a girl, and then he's like, oh, damn it. Yes. But at the whole time, you you were open, you were honest, you were lighthearted, and you there was no 
time where you ever went, uh, first of all, I'm not gay, sir. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? You just don't do that. Yeah. Is this a good one? Uh, it rents a lot. Yes. Yeah, this guy's a huge star. I know that. And this guy here is supposed to have, like, the longest dick in gay video. You, you, you have shit you can tell people, even though you've never seen the video oh, you, or you care. ABN reviews of porn, yeah. gay stuff, and you're like, well, I read the review that this is not that good. You should check out the Bellamy production. Yes, yes. You know. Not Falcon. Yeah. And Actually, Falcons are very respected ones, too. Uh, what's Mustang, Falcon, yes. Bellamy. Those are the big ones. There, but I remember even having customers that would wait, would get their choices, yeah. and they would wait for me. Yes. So there would be like somebody else would be working there too. Oh, I can help you. Go. No, no, no I'll, I'll, I'll wait for Tay. And I'm like, okay. Like no one really cared. It wasn't like personal because they wanted the professional. They wanted the like, what do you think of these movies? Yeah. And they go, okay. This one, these are awesome, or this one's a waste of time. You know what we were? Because we've been to a lot of porn shops, and a lot of them are not good. But you and I, and a couple of other people that work in my lifetime, we're, we're like that genius section at the Apple store, where we know the product. Yep, totally. We what? never, we were never say like, oh, have you seen this movie? No, only fucking weirdos watch. You know, we no. don't say that. Like, I try to watch as many different ones as possible. But yeah, I mean, it, Chances out, if they ask us questions long enough, we usually have a pretty good answers. Yes. And I would get, like I said, these respected masters. And then this is before the internet, so guys would pre-order. Yeah. We would give like $10 off a pre-order. Yeah. Or we would give spe certain customers a wholesale price. That we, we, would, we would let them buy one for cost yeah. on our invoice. So we're gonna buy 20 of the new video for certain special customers, we would say, do you guys want one in advance? We'll buy one wholesale for you at our cost. Yeah. Thank you. And they would. And so we'd have people that would, even at that level, they wanted it first. They wanted it right away. And they were really, really into it. It was... And, and it's, it's hard to explain to kids because they have a digital uh, uploading and, you know, you could get a movie anytime. But a lot of times, you know, if you live, work in Seattle and you live in Bremerton... You, you're, it's Friday, you're gonna be gone for two days, they wanna have a first crack at the new release, and if, if you get the same customer long enough, if they're nice to us, we'll always save those new ones for those guys. Yes. They really appreciate it because they're gonna take it, they're gonna have it for three days, come back on Monday, you know, very thankful. And uh, But um, we are running out of time in the maybe two minutes left, so maybe the next one when we talk, maybe we should talk a little bit more of, um, Maybe some of the other people that we met. I would like to talk to you yeah. more about the people that I like a lot and the people that I wish I would have met. And also maybe next time we could talk about some of the shit that we have to face working in the porn shop. Yeah. Shoplifting, attacks, you know, all kinds of Man, crazy stuff. Mass, just yeah. We could we could talk more world. about that. But yeah, so next one let's talk about stores and uh, some of the people we met and then people that we wish we would have met. And uh, we'll cover that. All right. People like Tracy Lords and things like that. So, all right. Thanks yes. for listening. I, you know, like I said, it's it's very sloppy and adios. Always questionable with us, but uh, bear with us. I'm I'm hoping once I have a place to stay, actually having a place to stay first time year and a half, and uh, uh, hopefully regular job at the end of the year. You know, we have a tech person taking care of it. So yeah. I apologize, but uh, you know it is free after all, and 
I appreciate you listening to it. And I want to spread Tana's uh, magic. He's a funny guy. He knows he's got a lot of knowledge in the business. And before we go, we got a minute. Tell them your um, website or Twitter account address. Uh, my website, just tainamanu.com. T-E-I-N-A-M-A-N. Yeah, M-A-N-U, just like how it sounds. Dot com. And Dot Twitter. com. And the Twitter's at Tana Manu. Again, T-E-I-N-A-M-A-N-U. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Yoshi Din, and uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks.